don't know how it's happening. What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Appreciate you joining us. We're actually getting this done on a Friday, so we're going to do a uh, pick pod after this for a, a Premier League game tomorrow morning. But I wanted to just touch on a few things that we did on the, the last pod we did on a Wednesday and go over some things we talked about. Because, look, overall, when it comes down to it, I just wanted to settle a few things that I, I don't really want to be as pejorative as I sounded during that podcast. You know, I can get worked up. I can get passionate about that topic of betting good bets and doing things like that. And it comes across sometimes, you know, I say things like, oh, it's morons, things like that. It's not, you know, people are going to make their bets. I totally get it, you know. And here's what I think is I can get so, I would say, just passionate about it because to me, I think two things happen. It frustrates me that smart, really smart people can't see how much they're being taken advantage of. And maybe it comes down to also my relationship with the bookies, you know, um, and I don't want to be cliche here because <laughs> it seems like every professional out there bitches about the bookies and it's just part of the MO and it does become cliche. But the reality is, the truth is, there are some good bookies out there. There are some good bookmakers out there, but the vast, vast majority of them, in my opinion, aren't the best people. You know, there are people who are willing to make a living taking advantage of others. And and I mean, for a long time, it, it's more than taking advantage of other people. It's it's they're willing to 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 get into this thing where you're lying to people and taking advantage and manipulating. And it, it's all in the name of making money. Right. And most people who do this and we'll get back to this later on in the podcast, but most of the people who are betting are just like, you know, average sports bettors. They've got other things to do. And so it's tough for everyone. That's why that, that's why this show exists, right? Because a lot of people out there don't understand the the deep nuances of sports betting because it is it, it's, it is base. Sports betting is a very simple, easy thing that anyone can do, right? You bet on your favorite teams. The spreads and over-unders are easy to understand. So it's I, I get that. But... You know, I I just do think that my relationship with the bookies has been tainted because I see people who constantly, you know, they're just not the best people in the world, to put it lightly. And that's 80% of them, I'd say, at least. But that's the issue, is you combine that with these people who generally aren't good people. You know, they have these incentives to take advantage, manipulate, all in the name of money. Again, it frustrates me that smart people can't see how much they're being taken advantage of. So those two things kind of mix together. And what happens as a result is these corrupt assholes who are a lot of them are bookies, they end up getting rich and they take advantage of, of people and the people they take advantage of mostly public sports bettors. You know, a lot of you listen to this show. A lot of you, instead of pushing back, instead of holding these sports books accountable, most of you choose to go the other way, right? Instead of pushing back, you double down, hence the 10 team parlays. And you tell them this by your bets, with your bets, all the bets you make, that you prefer for them to steal from you. And look, I I don't want to get back to being dramatic, right? That's all the point of this. That's that's sort of like my goal is to actually go away from that. I I feel like it's a natural thing. I get sucked into that and I start saying those sort of things, but I don't want to be dramatic. I don't want to say that. I want to tone it down because I get it. Everyone's going to do those. Everyone's going to have their fun and that's totally okay. My role here is simply to inform and educate. And if you want to take this advice 
and act on it, so be it. But if not, at least you all know this advice, right? So on that same note, this is why I talked about VSIN the other day. This is, I see a very similar thing happening. You know, DraftKings acquired VSIN. We were a little back and forth with that on, on the other show. DraftKings acquired VSIN only a couple years ago. Okay, so DraftKings owns VSIN. They acquired them. So just think about that. A place that you go for betting information, you can turn around and bet at DraftKings. And for the sake of this conversation, I know this may be way simplistic, but let's just make it so instead of VSIN, we say DraftKings. Okay, they own them. They control a lot of what happens there. So DraftKings owns VSIN. Let's just say it out loud. Okay, just replace VSIN with DraftKings and say it out loud. DraftKings gives advice for picks. You can go bet on DraftKings, right? And here, to make matters worse, I just realized this recently too. VSIN sells <laughs> They sell picks. Uh, it, it's 20 bucks a month, and they're selling picks. Again, let's say that last sentence out loud. Repeat, replace VSIN with DraftKings. DraftKings sells picks for 20 bucks a month that you can turn around and go bet on DraftKings. What? You know, this, 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 again, this, none of this stuff makes any sense. So yes, I see another example with VEASAN of the general public being taken advantage of in this same sort of fashion, same way, or at least a similar way that's going on with the bookies. And these people, mostly the type of bettors who listen to this show, you all have jobs. You all have families. You all have things you do. You all have people you see. You all have hobbies and interests outside of sports betting. A lot of people listen to that listen to the show. The data shows this. A lot of people who listen to this show don't even bet. They just are sports fans. They're interested in this. In this, so I'm telling you, I, this is how most people betting into the market think. This is how they go about their day. Now, not, that's not how most of the money in the market is put in there, right? But most of the bets are made by people who are just making bets. You know, just public sports betters. So I understand that, you know, um, these things that I say, these things that I talk about on this show, they're not obvious. I say them sometimes as if they should be obvious, but they're not. That's why I do this show to inform, to educate and to let everyone know the true math behind what some of these things are that a lot of you like doing in sports betting. And if you still like to do it, so be it, you know, so I don't want to be as pejorative as, as I was yesterday. I'm open to parlays. It's totally fine. As long as you understand what's going on, listen to this show and know, know, know the difference. That's really our entire goal here. But I also want to say this. I mentioned the individuals who sell picks because when I see anyone like VSIN selling picks, I mean, the red flags do go up, but it's not just that. It's people on TikTok or Twitter or wherever it is selling picks and, and, and saying, hey, you know, join our group, join whatever we do. We're giving picks out. And there's two sides of it. Like, like I said, if you're doing it for fun and you want to sign up and make some picks with your buddies, that's like a common thing that I think a lot of college kids are doing these days, right? Is they're all joining up and making bets together. I love that. It's awesome. It brings more people into sports betting. It's an, it's a great way to like connect and have fun. Like that's cool. I, I do like that. So it's all about really what your goal is in sports betting. And, uh, but with the individuals who are selling picks, I actually don't think that those people are like intentionally scamming, or I don't think a lot of them are intentionally scamming, you know, and I'm talking about people on TikTok, Twitter, other outlets who are selling picks or whatever. I think what happens 
is people out there, there's a lot of people who just love sports betting. And they probably think, to be honest, just being honest, they probably think that they're a little bit better than they are in reality. And so they start selling picks. I mean, I see it all the time, you know? And I think the majority of people doing this actually think they're making a difference and winning people money. But the math doesn't add up. I mean, the math simply doesn't add up. Winning sports, like being a winning sports better is really, really, really honestly a difficult grind. Trust me, it's it's a hard thing to do long-term consistently. It's so hard that nearly every athlete and coach who has played the game for a long time, who publicly bets, they all do god-awful, right? And they live the sport. This is a very common thing. You see this everywhere. You see this on different media outlets. You see this privately. Like it, it, You would think that those who coach and play the sport may have an advantage. It's the opposite. They do god-awful, right? It's hard to win in sports betting. And on the other side, it's also so hard that some of the smartest people who have gone to MIT and Stanford and Harvard can't crack the code to truly win long-term. So, it's tough to believe that all these people on social media have figured it out, right? And I mean, when I talk about winning long-term, I mean truly winning long-term. You know, there, there's a difference between being hot, between sustaining a decent hot streak. I've said this before. People don't understand from a mathematical point of view what long-term really looks like. You know, we all say, oh, small sample size, small sample size, small sample size. You want to know what small sample size is? Small sample size is like two NFL football seasons. I mean, mathematically speaking, we, we, we don't really know. That's sort of the paradox of betting the NFL or any game where there's not that many or any sport where there's not that many games is by the end of the season, they played so few games. They've only played 17 in the, in the NFL. We don't still really, truly have a great grasp as to how good they are compared to baseball where they played 162 and you have so much more data to go off of. So, and the NFL, you know, with free agency and players retiring and, and rookies playing drafted onto, onto teams, teams are changing so much that on a, on a year-by-year basis, you know, it's difficult to project the NFL. because And that's just one of the things that adds to that. But the fewer the games, the fewer the data points, that's a real thing. And so when people think about long term, <laughs> that was one of the toughest things for me to realize when I started doing this professionally. It was answering the question, am I really actually sustainably doing something long term or am I just getting lucky? Because you need about 625 games. That's the agreed upon number. About 625 games to meet the sample size of winning picks or good picks. If you're picking 55, 56, 57% intentionally, right? Around that area after about 625 picks, there's only about an 8% chance that you're lucky, right? Eight to 10. And I say if there's a 90% chance, right? That's where I put the threshold at. So it takes a long time to see if you're a good winning sports better. So what I think happens is a lot of these younger people or a lot of these people just in general just get a little excited. I think it's all coming from a good place. I think it's just, it just misguided enthusiasm for those individuals. you know. But think about it. If you're buying picks, right? If you're going to put some money, whether it's 5 bucks or 20 bucks or 50 bucks a month, if you're buying picks from someone, don't you at the end of the, at the, end of the day want to be buying picks from somebody who makes a living doing this. Now, now hear me out, okay? Because 
when you buy picks from someone, and I don't sell picks. I don't sell picks for a very reason we'll talk about in just a second. But, and, and you know what? I need a little drink of water. It's been a longer podcast than I thought. So let me get a quick drink. I'm going to pause this. All right, we're back. Um, my point there was, if you're going to really spend money, which I don't recommend anyone do to get picks, but if you're going to spend money to get picks, wouldn't you want it from someone who lives and breathes those picks, who needs those picks to win to pay their bills, to keep living, right? That's who you should want to buy picks from. The only issue is there's so few and far between. I don't sell picks because, again, we'll talk about that in a second, but that's why I think a lot of people who truly do this for a living don't sell picks is the reason why I'll, t- why I'll say. But everyone else who you're getting picks from, they all have jobs, Right, whether it's on ESPN or whether they work for Vsin or whether they're giving out picks on some TikTok or whatever it is, most people who are doing this have a job. They wake up, the alarm clock goes off, and they wake up. They go to ESPN or go to Vsin or go to their normal job and where whatever it is, construction. Right? Let's separate people. Let's first start with the people at ESPN, right, or the people we see on media. They wake up, they go to ESPN. They get their coffee, they go to their cubicle, they collect their paycheck, they get their 401k, they get their insurance, and then they go on TV and tell you who to bet. That's fucking ridiculous, right? And same thing with the people at VSIN. They go to VSIN, they get their paychecks, and then they're telling you who to bet. Well, they don't really, at the end of the day, does it affect their paycheck? Probably not. I mean, maybe, but probably not. And then the individuals who are doing it on social media, you know, it's very likely they get up and they go to their job. Wherever it is, maybe they work at Starbucks, maybe they work in digital advertising, maybe whatever it is. And then they go home at five and they give picks out that day for Sunday night football or for the weekend football games, you know? So at the end of the day, does any of those people who have other jobs and have insurance through their company and have 401ks, do they really, really, really care who wins that game? Maybe, but... It's like, what's, wouldn't you rather have, like, what are we doing here? Because the way I see it, they're, they don't, there isn't, it's not the same thing. They're just like playing. It's like dress up. It's, it's a totally different thing. So at the end of the day, you see how silly this is. That's where I'm coming from, right? I just see this happening over and over and over in different ways. And it's sad to see, you know, and it's happening sometimes intentionally. And it's happening sometimes unintentionally. But there's just so much hypocrisy in this industry, right? There, these people who own sportsbooks, aka DraftKings, aka VSIN, these people who own sportsbooks will welcome you in with a smile, enticing every sports better with the, you know, dangling that carrot of winning big. They'll post these things on social media, all these parlays that hit. But the second, the very second, they sniff you out as someone who knows what they're doing. They'll ban you. They'll cancel your account. They'll reduce the limits that you can bet at their casino or their sports books. They'll smile at you with their hand at your, in your pocket, and then you start beating them, and they kick you out. This happens to all good sports bettors, to all, all winning sports bettors. You know, and, and the hypocrisy with the amateurs who sell picks you know, there's not necessarily the uh, uh, hypocritical nature with them that I see. It's more, like I said earlier, more misguided enthusiasm. I think a lot of those people just think they're doing good when in reality, 
they're still losing people at the same rate those people would lose at themselves. And I've done this. I talked about this earlier. So let's talk about my experience selling picks and being in that in that world because I discussed it with a few people selling picks. Should I get in the world of selling picks? Why not? And there were individuals who talked me into it because it was like, why not? You've already gotten your numbers. It's not going to do you any harm. The markets are not, you know, not going to move before you get your prices. What does it matter? Make some extra money on on selling picks. And so initially, I was like, you know what? That makes sense. But very, 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 very quickly, like it, like only a couple days after, I realized that this isn't going to work because if you're truly going to be a winning better, winning enough to feel confident enough to give picks out, winning enough to make money after taxes, you have to do a few things. And this is non-negotiable. And one of those things is buying early. No one's going to win betting sports if you're betting on the day of the game. And by that, I mean win long-term. Those 625 games we talked about. No one's going to do that. You have to buy as the markets are opening up. You know? That's how you win. Really, that 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 that's that's how well it's other things too. But if you can't execute early buys, you're not gonna win. That's that's everything. That's integral. You know, it's not, it's so much let me put it this way. It's so much more about buying early rather than having a great handicap or a great pick or having a great oh great well, you know, whatever it is. You know, no people say, Oh, I got a juicy one today. It's so much more about buying early than having juicy picks right? Winning in sports betting, when you buy early, here's what that looks like. You and your buddy on Sunday or even Saturday or Friday are talking about your NFL game of the week. Oh, it's my NFL game of the week. Love it. I love the the Jets minus three against the Giants, okay? Let's use Jets minus three against the Giants. I love that. I know it's just a hypothetical game, but just stick with me. Well, you're arguing with your buddies, right? Oh, who you like, the Giants plus three or the Jets minus three? Who you like? And some people go, oh, the Jets are juicy, man. Jets are playing well. Defense is locked in. They're whatever. And, and then some other people go, oh, the Giants. I'm taking the Giants plus three because this. It's like, well, that doesn't matter to winning sports bettors because winning sports bettors either have the Jets at minus one and a half, not minus three, or they have the New York Giants at plus four and a half, not plus three. So, and this happens habitual. This happens over and over and over. Every single. That's why selling picks generally doesn't work, right? Because if your if your goal is to win every year, and your goal is to be someone who makes your clients or your your people buying picks from you a profit, you have to be giving picks out early, 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 right? But by definition, these lines are moving within half an hour, hour and a half, two hours at most. I mean, in in, in in the NFL and college football, if you haven't made your bet within two hours of the line opening, you likely have missed the boat. You're at the Black Friday sales at two o'clock in the afternoon when the shelves are empty. And it happens that fast. So you tell me if, if that's true, if what I'm saying is true, then by definition, does selling picks even work? Because if I got the Jets at minus one and a half and it quickly in an hour moved to minus three, and then for the rest of the week, it sits at minus three. Am I really doing anybody any good giving the Jets out minus three or even the Giants plus this? You see what I'm saying, right? So there's this inherent filter. There's this thing stopping truly giving winning picks because if everyone's jumping on picks, we're all giving picks. The value is gone by definition. That's how I look at this, right? So that's why I, that's my opinion as to why as a fundamental act of selling picks, 
it's not going to work. It generally doesn't work because what we, what we just talked about, you can't get early lines. So again, that's if your goal is to win. If your goal is to have fun, jump on some picks with your friends, you know, find a way to create some camaraderie with your buddies, family members. That's awesome. I have nothing. There's nothing right now. You're going to lose faster, but I am also a fan of going to the casino with your buddies and having a good time there. It's like you're going to lose in roulette too and a bunch of crazy casino games. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't, you know, bet however you're going to bet. Listen to this show to educate and inform yourself, but that's why we're here, right? That That's why I want to do this show, but do whatever you want to do. If that's what you choose to do, just understand based on the math that we talk about what exactly is going on. So, all right, let's get out of here. Give a soccer pick to end today's podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Betting Daily. Daily.